and welcome to our special NBA Draft episode. My name is Josh and you are listening to Occasionally Important, a podcast where we discuss all things sports, movies, TV, pop culture, and occasionally things that are actually important. On this episode, my co-host Isaac and I begin with the return of the Worst Word Tournament. And then we are joined by two new special guests to bring back an old segment that we like to call One New Thing. From there, we wrap it all up by ranking our top prospects before the NBA Draft on Thursday night. We apologize for the long delay for a new episode, but we are back and we cannot wait to continue throughout the summer. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Thank you for waiting for this next episode, and thank you for tuning back in. I know that it was a long three months, but we are excited to be back and uh, dominating the Bellingham podcast landscape. Absolutely. It's been a, it's been an absence, but it hasn't changed uh, our dominance, so we're excited to be back. I hope that you missed us the way that we have missed you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Josh made a metaphor earlier about us being like a bad case of herpes. We just... Uh, you know, you think it's gone after a little bit, but we just keep coming back right at you. Yeah, you almost forget that you have it. And then yeah. it appears and you're like, whoa, they're still here? That's us. Flares up it. bigger and better than ever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get rid of it. <laughs> Since we're back, Isaac, though, I think we should explain what took us so long uh, and why we were on a hiatus. And honestly, it was mainly my fault. There was a lot of busyness that came up. I was teaching fifth grade full time and... Unfortunately, occasionally important wasn't my biggest priority during that time, but summer's here, now it is, so we're back. That's the beautiful thing about being a teacher, Josh. I can't wait for those summers off, too. Another thing that came up was apparently uh, SoundCloud wants us to pay money to uh, (laughs) record this podcast. Uh, So we are now going to be incurring a $15 a month fee mm-hmm. to be uh, recording this podcast. So so a dollar a listen. Yeah. <laughs> Donations are welcome. Make sure to send to uh, write checks out to Josh and Isaac. Yeah, Venmo at Joshua Lease. Hit me <laughs> well, up. I'll take money. Uh, but, you know, other than that, uh, I think one of the biggest things that people have been clamoring for since we left this podcast, the thing that I've gotten most questions about has been our worst word tournament, which we left off at actually a very which, crucial point. Yes, and I'm, to be honest, Isaac, I'm a little shocked because I didn't think anyone would remember us, but you know what? We have many <laughs> people inquiring, what's happening in the worst word tournament? We have some fans. It's surprising, I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to continue that. Um, and actually, we are in the final four, so we left off on the climax of the show, and you know, we just stopped. So let's, let's give everybody a little bit of a reminder of what, we like what words are still left in the tournament coming out of the gross region we have the word pus 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 a very disgusting sick word i hate thinking about it uh i try not to think about it too long whenever i say it because when i do i just get a disgusting Mm -hmm. image and then coming out of the pop culture region a little bit of an upset i'm a little bit disappointed i really thought dab would be coming out of this region but instead it's the word swag which i do also think is a gross word, but, you know, I'm not sure on the same level as what either of us would have hoped. I get it, because if someone, like, in active conversation said the word swag, 
my opinion of them would immediately lower. Yeah, absolutely. I would immediately just be like, oh, you're not intelligent. Yeah. So, I mean, I may have used that word in conversation earlier today, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not a hypocrite. You know, Josh, what would you pick out of those two, though, like, to make it to the finals? Uh, pus, for sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, just visually, audibly, it's yeah. the worst. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, absolutely. And then <laughs> coming out of the dirty region, uh, two words that, when you put them together, are infinitely worse than they are, like, singularly, which yep. are uh, moist and queef. Moist and queef. Yeah. Independently bad. And and here's the thing. Moist is the word that we thought was overhyped from the beginning. But you know what? It's still here. It's still in the tournament. It's made it this far. And I am rooting hard for queef to win this one. I am also rooting hard for queef. I think it's the worst word in this tournament, if I'm being honest. Uh, But, you know, you can't underestimate Moist because, as we said, it came in as a one seed that we thought was a little bit overrated, but proved its worth by winning the normal bracket, by winning the normal word bracket and getting here. So, um, yeah, make sure that you look on our Instagram page and make sure to vote on those. Those will have a poll coming up very soon that you can vote on, and uh, we will bring you our Mm -hmm. championship round next week yeah and actually pod. by the time this is posted it should be up so when you're as you're listening to this go ahead check out occasionally important's instagram follow us and make sure you just check out our stories so that you can actually vote on the poll uh and participate in that and then in our next episode we'll announce the champ- championship and we'll finish that as i know you've been waiting for months now to find out who the winner is absolutely absolutely so as we're getting back in the swing of things i thought we thought it'd be good to go back and do an old segment that we have been doing called One New Thing. And yes. Isaac, do you want to uh, just remind our listeners of what One New Thing so is? So One New Thing is a very broad, broad subject where we literally can talk about one new thing that we thought about during the week or one new thing that came up during the week where we took pause and we're like, okay, this is notable enough that we could talk about it on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So in in uh, lieu of that, we have two new guests to the pod. Yeah, we do. Uh, Craig and Cam. Craig Johnson is one of our good friends of the pod. Hello, He's hello. in the Coast Guard. Uh, Craig, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell yourself a little bit about uh, yourself. Yeah. Uh, Tell yeah. The- <laughs> hello. Uh, yeah, I'm Craig Johnson, like Isaac said, and I am 21 years old, living in Bellingham. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I've uh, been living here for like well, two years. But um, honored to be uh, featured. Yeah, and then the other guy that we have on the pod is Cam Mosier. Hey, yo. Cam, why don't you tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah. Uh, about yourself. No. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> 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 My name nice. is Cam. Uh, you know, I've been a fan of the podcast for a while, but I'm a bigger fan of Bellingham for a long time. I've been here for going on five years now, so I consider myself a local. Yeah. So I know the hips and happenings of Bellingham. Awesome. Trust me. All right, Craig, now you were telling us a little bit uh, before the show about something that Donald Trump said. Do you want to re- tell our audience a little it's bit never about... It's a good segue okay. yeah. when you're like, something Donald Trump said. And everyone just yeah. cringes immediately. So yeah. viewers, hold on a little bit. You'll be able <laughs> yeah. to just settle in. This is not getting political. We're yeah, just we're, uh, fine. We're, we're about to talk about a subject that Craig yeah. brought up that we think is interesting. So yeah, this is interesting. It's actually relatively new. I think it actually was announced today. 
Uh, me and a military man, I keep up on the, the news for the most part on military branches, and they actually just announced, Donald Trump announced, a uh, Space Force. So Such a creative name. It wow. is such a creative name. I was hoping for Space Guard personally, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the president. But uh, <laughs> I was, uh, when I first heard it, I was like, I had no idea what they were gonna like do, what it meant. Like we're Is not gonna like fight aliens. Na- NASA, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. I thought NASA did that, but apparently, when Donald Trump says he wants to be, he wants to kind of spearhead like space travel, space exploration, whatever it is, but mainly like focusing on satellites for now, which yeah. is all ran by like the Air Force essentially. Oh, so okay. what you really want to, what they're really doing is they're kind of like. What I read in an article on CNN was that he plans on monitoring like the satellite. Uh, works and like monitoring space debris, whatever that means. I guess there's a lot of debris in space to make sure that they protect the assets in space, pretty much. Is this like, are there other countries who are like trying to do this? Um, as far as I know, it doesn't really look like it. Um, man, I imagine it's all pretty like independent in other countries. It sounds like American colonialism at its finest. Oh, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> know what frontier. What this really makes me think of is like Buzz Lightyear. Like I really think of like Star Command and like someone <laughs> someone, someone dressed up in like a space suit with like a laser on their arm. Like that's really what I get when I hear Actually now that you say that I'm going to be really disappointed yeah. if that's not how they look. Yeah, that's me a, too. It's <laughs> a standard uniform for the space force. <laughs> what I was kind of hoping is that like in the beginning, or like whenever they like they have the army recruitment videos where they have that song playing in the background, I kind of hope they put like like the ba 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 da ba da da da. Yeah, not for the army, but like for like for the uh, the space force, it's just like Star Wars. It's just Star Wars. <laughs> it's it's just it's Star Wars. Wars. Background, like the Imperial March, like the theme song's playing in the background, while everyone's standing there, like in their space suits, getting ready to like go off into space to do whatever they do. If that is that, if that's what happened. That would be the first thing that I would support President Trump doing. I would be like, yep, fine, we're, does, we're good with that. Does that yeah. make Donald Trump Emperor Palpatine? Cam, <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a really interesting <laughs> point right there. Yeah. If he sets up the first intergalactic space force, does that make him like the, the leader, emperor, the emperor of, of space? space? Yeah. Hmm. Fits the role. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, I'd rather him be the emperor of space than the emperor of the world. So, like, whatever. You can have space. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I would I would actually trade him space, like all of space, <laughs> to make sure that he wasn't president of our country. But that yeah. might be a little bit too political for yeah. this podcast. Sorry, friends. We're, <laughs> we're not stepping in our feet anymore. We'll relax, okay? I'm sorry, Supreme Leader. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next one new thing. Uh, Cam, what do you got for us? Oh, yeah, so earlier today, we were at Fred Meyer just shopping for some taco materials, classic uh, Monday night tacos, and we were trying to put everything into one uh, paper bag to save 50 cents. First off, why a paper bag is 50 cents, the world will never know. It's, then, a, it's a crime. It's, yeah. They're robbing you. They're bleeding us. Yeah. But this 50 cent bag, just it lacks in quality. We tried to pack all of our taco materials in it, and we very nearly had a rip. And dropped all of our taco supplies all over the floor. It is very true. And we all know the struggle. We're doing it one trip. If you do it in two trips, you're weak. So we need stronger handles on these paper bags. It's so true. We can send out Space Force, but we can't get practical bags. But, like, yeah, the thing that's most annoying is that you go, like, one mile in any direction outside of Bellingham and you find plastic bags. See? That's my opinion. I, I mean, I'm all for paper if we can make the handles stronger. I'm tired of dropping yeah, my stuff down my difficult. driveway when I'm trying to hold eight bags at a time and make it home. 
See, if you've listened to the pod, you know me. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy guy. You know, I think that these companies, Fred Meyer and Safeway, are really trying to get you to buy into these reusable bags. Okay. So that they are creating these crappy paper bags yep. to make you think, oh, I need a real bag to hold this. When I, the truth is, actually, you could just make a paper bag that is good enough wow. to carry home. But instead, they're making these cheap, flimsy handles wow. and having you Agreed. like get all the way home and drop all your groceries in your driveway. When in actuality, they could just make quality bags. Wow, you are all, you are like the forefront of a new cause here. You know, I I'm cause. calling on Safeway and Fred Meyer to improve their bag quality. Do you I hear that, Fred? <laughs> Listen up, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Meyer. Yeah, I don't think it's too far fetched to assume that this goes all the way up to the Vice President of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> what it's is Mike Pence want with our paper bags, man? Personal experience, I have reusable bags, and you know what? I've never brought. My reusable out of the store. Them. I yeah. even save paper bags thinking, oh, I'll use this in the future. You paid for it. You know what? I'm too much of an idiot to do that. That's not going <laughs> to happen. And they, when I realize that they're already out in my car, I'm not going to just leave the register, go out to my car and get my reusable bags. I've got to carry them around the store the whole time. I will say in the rare chance that you do actually bring your reusable bags, they are very convenient. That I will defend read the reusable bags. I have like a nice Trader oh, Joe's. Don't fall for the man, dude. I'm falling for the man in this one. Like I have like an insulated, nice, like don't ask why, like a nice Trader Joe's bag, carry it around. Like whenever I bring it in, I like load everything up in there. Super nice to carry out. I will say, I'm a, I'm a reasonable You're an inspiration, Craig Jones. <laughs> wow, real, real uh, Coast Guard guy over oh, here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Real humble about it too. Yep. <laughs> My parents like worked hard and dreamed of a country where they could just use a bag that didn't break on them when they brought groceries Amen. home. And I wish that that America was still a reality Amen. today. Let's make it happen. Make bags great again. Sign the petition below. Like. Subscribe. <laughs> so true. So, uh, Isaac, do you have something? Yeah, I actually do. Uh, and again, you know, I bring some of the hot takes on this, uh, this podcast. And I just want to put out a disclaimer before I say this one. I love my friends and family. I love them so much. <laughs> and this is no comment on what, like, if you do come and visit me, like, I love that. I want you guys to continue to come and visit me uh, while I'm up at school and we're in different places. I love seeing you. But let's just be honest. When someone comes and visits you at college, whether it's your friends or your family, it is one of the most tiring things wow, that you have hot. that you have in the world. It just true, it truthfully is, even Why? if it's just for the day, because you have to feel like you have to go out of your way to entertain them, like you are on like a hundred percent of the time that they are there, and you're trying to show them like everything about like the city that true. like you haven't like shown them before. True. So I mean like. Especially if it's their first time in a city, they're, like, expecting, like, to get to see what's special about it. And then, like, all of a sudden, now you're, like, in a place where you're almost obligated to show them, like, three or four different places and, like, hang out. And normally, like, when you're hanging out with your friends or your family, like, you have other friends or, like, family around where, like, it kind of creates a buffer and it's not just, like, you guys interacting. But some, like, when it's, like, someone comes up and visits you, oftentimes it's just, like, one-on-one or one-on-two interactions where, like, no, like, you have to be on and they don't know anybody else in the scenario. 
So you have to. Yeah, like, and you feel responsible be, for yeah, that. You feel responsible for their enjoyment of what's going on. True. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, I almost it always. It can be worth it. It can be worth it at times. Well, I will say, like, I almost always have fun in these situations and I enjoy catching up with the friends and family that I do have. But, like, once they leave, like, I take, like, a three hour nap because I'm just, like, I'm just done after it. True. You know what bothers me the most, though, about when people visit is when they, especially if they're from here and you're like, oh, I've saw, I, like, for example, have you seen them, like, a month ago? Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm coming to town to visit. It's like, cool. We'll hang out. We'll chill. We'll do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't stand though when people visit and they expect you to just drop everything. They're like, mm. especially if it's like the day before and they're like, hey, I'm coming in town tomorrow. And it's like, all right. I mean, we'll try to hang out. And then they'll be like, nah, we're hanging out. And I'm like, what? You can't do that. That's not fair at all. Yeah. Like at least give a week or two in advance notice that you are coming into town if you expect me to drop stuff to like hang out. Because again, like you have, I have a busy schedule. You do as well. Uh, it's definitely hard to schedule out that time to like see friends and family when they just expect that you can drop things to hang out. So true, dude. So yeah. true. All right. Well, let's move on from one new thing and go to our main section of our episode today. And uh, Isaac, the NBA draft is Thursday. I know. And if I'm being honest, as an NBA fan, this kind of feels like cheating uh, because. You should probably like the games more, but honestly, the NBA draft might be my favorite NBA event of the year. And this one, especially, this one is stacked, and I think the NBA this last year was my favorite year ever for basketball. I I was disappointed by the result, whatever, Warriors suck, but in terms of just the overall season and and all the teams, and there's so much talent in the league right now and exciting young players, I think that this draft, if it builds off of that... It's just going to make the NBA even Well, cooler. I think that's the interesting thing about this draft. I think it completely builds off that. And I think that, like, personally, there are about seven or eight players that could come into the league and make a complete difference from year one and potentially be all-stars in the future uh, based on what, like, my rankings and stuff like that. Um, and I think playing off of that, uh, you know, a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different uh, thing, like, a lot of different outlets do mock drafts and I think that while I think that's a really interesting tool uh, I think what's more probably interesting for our listeners is like they'd rather hear about who we think is going to be great yeah like 10 years 12 years like past this point who are our top prospects who do we think is going to have successful NBA careers Uh, uh, like completely taken away from where we think they're going to be drafted who we think the best players in the draft are because Eventually, down the road, that's what's going to matter, not where they were drafted. Yep. And uh, and then we'll have it on record to compare with each other and say who's smarter. That, and uh, we will also be able to look back and see if we were smart or if we really don't know what we're talking about at all. Which, which is highly likely. <laughs> most likely. Yeah. All right, Josh, so based on that, who do you have as your number one prospect in well, this NBA before draft? we get there, actually, um, well, before we get into the ranking... Uh, we want to just set up the guidelines for it. We're going to rank 1 through 16. So there there are uh, 30 teams in the league, um, and that's how many teams will draft. But we're not going to do all 30 because, honestly, the last half really doesn't matter because they all suck usually in the end. <laughs> uh, but most mock drafts will do 1 through 14 because those are the lottery teams. 
Uh, and we're going to do 1 through 16 to give us a little buffer of two, of maybe two extra players that we think might, might be successful from this draft. Yeah, we need as much buffer as we can get when we're doing this Amen. draft thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'd like, we love to look back at this and uh, see how well we did. Yep, so, so we've, we've watched our tape. We're ready to go. Isaac, who do you got at your number one prospect going into this draft? So the guy that I think will have the best career when it's all said and done is Luka Doncic from... Luka! Uh, from, Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, Real Madrid. He's 18 years old. He's from Europe. He's an amazing prospect. His biggest knock is his athleticism, which honestly I think uh, is completely like underrated when you look at his tape he like when you look at his tape he honestly looks like a very good athlete uh and it really feels like nitpicking to me if they're saying that that is his biggest uh like his biggest issue because basically he can do almost everything else on the basketball court at a very good rate for his age yeah and i think that Luca's an interesting interesting prospect because anytime there's an international player, we haven't seen them play as much as we will have seen college players. Uh, but in my mind, Luca's like one of the best prospects in, in a while. Like he's insane. And I think athleticism, the argument that people use of saying that he's not as, as athletic, here's the thing. James Harden isn't extremely athletic. No. And I think he's a, like pretty similar player to James Harden in I terms of his step back. He models his game clearly after him. Uh, and, and I also have Luca number one on my list because uh, I think that he has a whole he has this he has a game that is a whole package. He can he's a ridiculous passer. He has r- amazing core vision. He has a great jump shot, a great step back. He can create his own shot. The ability to create your own shot in the NBA is becoming a skill that is like not common. Yeah. Uh, and he and not only can he do it, he's playing in the second best league in the world. Which is Euro Euro League? Not only that, he was the MVP of Euro League at 18 years old, and he and these aren't chumps playing here. They're like, for either former NBA players or guys who probably could be on NBA teams right now. Uh, he he plays against guys like Adrian Payne, other for college players, elite, good guys. Um, he also, as I watch the tape on him, the thing that made me put him number one. He had a game in which he played against uh, Kristaps Porzingis uh, mm-hmm. in in an international competition, and he like wiped the floor with him. Yeah, and Porzingis is like a top ten prospect in the league right now. Like he's like ceiling Absolutely. ridiculous, and Luca like destroyed him multiple times with, with Porzingis guarding him. Yeah, I you know I think it can't be undersold how well he is doing. In the European League, which uh, is a superior league, it's like Double A in baseball. It's a superior league to, to college, college basketball, yeah, for sure. And he is playing. And he's grown, dominating. He's it. playing grown men over there, and like he's playing so well that they are saying that he's the best player in Europe. Like that at eighteen. Is, at, that is the equivalent of what they're saying. Which honestly, we can look at almost all of the college prospects, I think, right now and say that none of them have reached that level of basketball at this point. And I think he is just continue, will continue to grow yeah. based on what I've and seen. And I think something else that can't be overshadowed is he's playing in, in a league that has like 70 games. Yeah, College players play 30, and the NBA is 82. So he's way more adapted to like just jump in and, and, and 
do great right away. Uh, and and I'm really excited for him. The I don't think he's going to be picked number one because I think the teams are stupid. But yeah, I think we're going to look back and be like and think it was obvious. So I think part of the reason why he's not clear number one is because teams just don't see him as much. I think there's some fit issues with him at the number one pick, but I also would agree that I think we will look back and say that he should have been the number one His pick best skill, though, is that he has a tattoo of, like, a dragon. It's incredible. I thought it was yeah. a tiger. Oh, yes, a tiger. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. He has, he has a competitiveness to him that's, like, really fierce. Yeah. Uh, and that's something else that I really like about him. So, yeah, we agree with that, number one, for sure. All right, Josh, how about you take us to number two? Number two, which people might find controversial... But I'm jumping in already. Marvin Bagley is my number two prospect wow. in this draft. All right. Yes. How, okay, so how about you do two and three then? Because I'm interested in who your third is if you have Great. number three. So so Bagley is two from Duke, and three is DeAndre Ayton from okay. Arizona. I'm very interested in that because I actually have those two reversed. I have Ayton number two and Bagley number three. Can we do a little DeAndre Ayton versus Marvin Bagley right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So also, let me tell you why I think Bagley is is going to be a better prospect. I think. I think that. I really I think they're pretty similar in terms of their skill set. They can both shoot. Mm-hmm. They're both great rebounders. They're they're both like tied basically at rebounding. They're they're ridiculous. Yeah. I think that they're both bad defenders. That they both pay, basically have the same positives, the same negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh. And Aiton's a little bigger, um, but the reason why I have him higher is because Bagley shows me heart. I think Bagley like plays harder than any player I saw in all of college basketball last year. Yeah, and for me, that is in, in like an indication of how hard they're going to work in the NBA and how they're going to work on their skill. And 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 he wasn't even supposed to play last year as a freshman. He was supposed to be a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and he reclassified. And he was insane. He averaged 21 and 11. Uh, he shot um, 39% from three. And he shot more threes than Aiton. And Aiton's a good three shooter too. But I think Bagley's kind of a Chris Bosh. Like, that's who I think his NBA comparison is. I think he's really similar to him. Yeah. I think Aiton's going to be good. I just think that Aiton, there's, there's so many possessions I've seen where he kind of takes it off. And I don't ever see Marvin Bagley take a possession off uh yeah and and one of the criticisms people give of Bagley is that he's not as long as other guys and honestly I think wingspan is the most overrated attribute in all of basketball yeah I think that people see eight foot wingspan and they're like holy cow he'll block everything but here's the thing a seven foot wingspan is still ridiculous yeah (laughs) like you're still gonna be able to block shots it's Bismack Biombo, who no one knows who that is, has a seven foot seven wingspan. It does not matter. We'll get to wingspan a little bit more when we cover another prospect for in sure. This, uh, so draft. Convince but me. Why am I wrong? The reason I think that you're wrong is because of pure upside, and I think that when you're looking at the draft and looking at the prospects and uh, like. If you were like, if you had all of the prospects lined up, like on a wall, and were looking and trying to point out who the best basketball player looked like, who you thought was the best basketball player, 
you would pick DeAndre Ayton. He does look like he's chiseled from stone. DeAndre Ayton looks like a Greek god. Yeah. He is seven feet tall. He has a seven five wingspan. He can run like a gazelle. He is honestly one of the best physical specimens we have seen come out of the draft. And not only that, the guy can ball. He is a great... Oh, yeah, he for sure. He's a he's stud. He's a great scorer, a great rebounder. I think his defense is a little bit underrated because he played power forward in college, but will be definitely playing center at the next level. Uh, High-level athleticism and just is a physical beast. Totally. Like someone that will come in and be able to make an impact day one. I also think Bagley will be able to, but I think... What DeAndre Ayton could become is higher than what Marvin Bagley could become because of how this is how big and yeah. strong he is, and he's got a great shot and great mechanics. I think he like overall like could become like the best big man in the league someday. So this is this is interesting to me because so for. Bagley, I think he's likely to become like Chris Bosh. Like, in terms yeah. of, like, he'll be a consistent all-star. He's not going to be a superstar. I just think he's going to be consistently second-best player on a championship team kind of guy. Yeah. I think he's likely to be that. I think DeAndre Ayton's ceiling is higher. I agree with you there. I think when I was watching tape, he looked like Patrick Ewing. Like, that's yeah. the kind of – like, that's his ultimate ceiling. But is it likely to, for him to get there? I don't think so. I think he's likely to be – uh, I don't think I think it's more likely for Bagley, almost guaranteed for Bagley to be that, and I don't think it's guaranteed for Aiden to be that. And so I, if you're going for risk, which you are in the draft, yeah. that's why I would say go for Aiden because he has a higher ceiling. But just in terms of who I think is going to have a better career, I think Bagley is more likely for me to have that. I completely agree with the fact that you like where you see Bagley. I just think it's a little bit. I think DeAndre Ayton will realize that upside. From what I've seen and who like I think he is, I think he can realize that upside and like really like could become the best player on yeah. a dominant team. And I think Bagley is right below that, but I and like think that he is an all-star caliber player, um, but like just think he's, he's a little bit below that. NBA teams agree with you. The Ayton is likely. Oh, almost 100% he's going to be the first pick in the draft. Yeah. So uh, we'll see from there. But Isaac, who's your number four prospect? All right. This is someone that has a little bit of a checkered uh, past health-wise, but someone that I saw locally in high school and I think just completely fits the modern NBA well. And if he is healthy, I honestly would have debated putting him in these top three spots. But because of health risk, felt like I had to put him in at the four. And that was Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I watched him in high school at Nathan Hale um, before he went to Missouri and got a back injury within the first couple games and never really could uh, finish the season on like a high note because of rust. Um, but the guy is just a pure scorer. He's 6'11", uh, just 19, absolutely Amazing with the ball. Can do whatever you want offensively with it. And is someone that I really think at his like height and in this modern NBA where you want guys who can play the three, the four, and the five, guard multiple positions, and like be flexible, I think someone is someone that could absolutely come in and be a 20-point scorer for his whole career. 
Yes. I agree. I also have him at number four. And this is purely based on hope. Yeah. <laughs> because, unfortunately, I think that if he didn't get hurt, he'd be the first pick in the draft. And I think we'd be saying he's number one on our, on our list. Um, because, like you said, he's almost seven foot tall, but he plays like a guard. Yeah. And we haven't seen a player like that since Kevin Durant. True. So, I don't think he's Kevin Durant. Even if he was healthy, I don't think he would be Kevin Durant. That's an insane comparison. Agreed. Uh, but I think that he's would be a star still. Um, I think he has potential if he stays healthy. Um, but one thing that's worried me is his attitude. He does have a little bit of like, F everyone, I'm just going to do what I want. Which worries me, especially if you're like, injury prone. <laughs> Uh, because I think that there's, I think you should have some caution going into that situation. Well, I see that, and like I think that that's a valid point. I also like that he truly does believe he's the best player in this draft, and he seems like someone that will work to become that. And I would rather have someone with an edge that is some than someone who is willing to let, like, hit like, let himself be ran over by like the media and stuff, and like. Over overplay things, which I think might be happening a little bit uh, with this back injury. I'm not sure to the degree that it is, but uh, like I, I think that it might be a little bit overplayed. In the I think there's a high chance too, like almost just as likely that he'll be a huge bust, which I hope not. That's why I have him at four. I I want him to be good. I I hope that that's what his career turns into. But I could see Sacramento taking him with the number two pick. Everyone being like, what are you doing? Luca's there. Yeah. And then him just not doing well at all. And everyone looking at Sacramento the way we look at Detroit for taking uh, Darko in 2004. Like, yeah. just ridiculous choices. Um, mm-hmm. But moving on to number five. And this is my most probably controversial thing on my list. Yeah. Uh, in terms of someone who I have going really way higher than what most people have. And I have Wendell Carter Jr. at number five. Wow. Yes. Okay. How about you explain that a little bit? Uh, I think... So I've... I, uh, I watched Wendell Carter Jr. play a, a lot this year, actually, with Duke, alongside Marvin Bagley. And what I noticed was that they're both freshmen, and often Carter Jr. looked better, like when I was watching them. He looked... More polished. He had a better post game than Bagley did. Uh, he made really smart. He never made dumb decisions. He was just really smart all the time. Um, and then I watched some more tape on him, and I think he's Lamarcus Aldridge. That's you, who I think he is. Like I think that is his comparison. So you are claiming right now that you think Wendell Carter Jr. is Lamarcus Aldridge. Yes, I think that it that is his likely NBA comparison. He can wow. shoot from the outside. He's a 41% three-point shooter. He can cut to the basket. He does, he has this like post fadeaway that is killer. That is literally what LaMarcus Aldridge does all the time. And as I watched the tape on him, I just I think that he's being undersold a little bit because I think other guys who have long bodies and are really physical specimens, people fall in love with that quickly. But I think in terms of who just has the best game, I think Carter Jr. just has a really solid game that doesn't have many weaknesses. Yeah. You know, in my five spot, I have another big man uh, that has a junior at the end of it, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. I 
I think is actually one of the <coughs> safest players in the draft. Interesting. Um, I'll get to my opinion on that later. <laughs> uh, from my perspective, the guy <coughs> is just like he's one of the youngest guys in the draft at like only eighteen and a half. Yep. Has uh, great potential to be a three and D big man that uh, is so coveted in the NBA now. He's seven feet tall, got a big wingspan. Great, like, probably the best defensive, like, center prospect that we have in the draft. And has a whole lot of scoring potential. And I know that that, at this point, it is just potential. But, to me, is someone who could potentially be a star in the league if he develops in the right way. But I think what's really cool about Jackson is, while he could be a star, I think that his floor is at least at a starter level with someone who can protect the rim and rebound and do all the things that a regular big man does and hopefully hit threes for you, which is something that a lot of teams are looking at nowadays. Uh, I think his biggest concern is the fact that he is very foul-prone at this point in his career. Uh, But to me, is someone that I think showed flashes at Michigan State of potentially... I mean, not not saying that he is Anthony Davis, but Whoa. someone who like projects in that mold a who bit. projects in that mold a little bit. Okay, uh, I have him a little lower. I'll get to him in a bit, but I, I agree with some of your points. Um, the reason why I have Carter above him is because I think again they're the same. They're basically the same age. Jackson's younger, but uh, at this point in their lives, I think Carter's a better player than him. Yeah. And I think that we undersell that often with hopes of like, well, look what he could be. But then, I mean, look what he is. Uh, and I think that Carter, at the same age, has a lot of upside too. Yeah. Um, so that's why I put it in my head. But who's your number six? My number six is, again, someone who is projected a lot lower than this, or at least a little bit lower, um, but someone that I really liked, another Michigan State prospect, okay. Miles Burgess. Uh, I think that when you look at the NBA like nowadays and you look at who's on the floor and especially when you look at the like late playoff games in the finals and you look at who was on the floor, it was guys like Miles Bridges a lot of the time who are around like 6'3 to 6'9 with like good shooting um, and athleticism that could defend and like score the basketball and I think that he just projects as a solid NBA starter throughout his whole career I don't think that he's going to be a superstar but I think that for a good team he could be getting solid minutes for the rest of his career yeah he has a really good offensive game he has a little turnaround he has a fadeaway that he does a lot uh he's pretty he's explosive for a forward um I, 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 I have him higher than most people, too, just not at six. Uh, I think most draft, mock drafts I've seen have him going to the 11 to 15 range, yeah. which I think is low because I think that he's only a sophomore, but like I think a lot of people think, well, he's not a freshman, so he's not young enough. And it's like, really? Who cares? He's, who, what are we really looking at? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a good three-point shooter and all that, but, but who I have there is Trey Young. Wow. Yeah. I have Trey Young there. 
And again, this is an upside pick. Um, because the flashes that we saw of Trey Young were some of the best flashes we've ever seen from a point guard in college basketball. And he led the NBA, I mean, he led college basketball in assists and points. He, when his, when, when his team was on the line in the tournament with Oklahoma and everything, he showed up. He played really well in that game, even with all the pressure on him. And that was encouraging to me because he, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to crumble, and he has a lot of confidence in himself. I think that he's going to be a scorer right away. He's going to score the bat. Like he's going to score the basketball. His weaknesses are he doesn't great, make great decisions all the mm-hmm. time. He's not like the highest IQ player. He's not a good defender. Um, but here's the thing. Neither are is James Harden is not a good defender. Steph Curry is not a good defender. There's a lot of NBA superstars who aren't good defenders who are – some of the best players still because of their offense. And I think Trey Young, if all goes well, could be an offensive superstar. Okay. Uh, and that that's why I have him so high. He can make a huge impact. He's a ridiculous... And he might be the best passer in this draft. Here's my hot take. I have Trey Young at 16. Wow! I have Trey Young at 16. And here's the thing. We've seen a lot of great point guards who put up big stats in college. Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, uh, but Trey Burke. Jimmer Fredette is not Trey, Trey Burke. Young. Neither is Trey Burke. Trey, Trey Burke, Burke couldn't hit the shots I've seen. Those, Trey are, those are both both score first point guards that came into the NBA putting up giant stats uh, I don't with think it's big shots. I know you don't. But those are guys that were had the same sort of deficiencies, a little bit smaller. Not quite as athletic as normal NBA point guards. And point guard is a brutal position at the NBA level. You know this. It's true. It's where most of the superstars are. Most teams have a great point guard. And I just don't think that when I look at the NBA and look at who he's going up against every night, I don't think Trey Young matches up with these guys. At first, I don't. But I think that he could... hit Like, the flashes that he shows is ridiculous. I think that... I get the hesitations of Jimmer and Trey Burke and all that of like, yeah, they did great, but they did nothing in the NBA. But I don't remember them ever. I mean, we knew Jimmer wasn't going to be a good college player. I mean, NBA player coming out of out of college. Fair. Like we knew that he didn't have. He wasn't quick. He wasn't athletic. He just had spot up shooter potential. That's basically who he was. Yeah. Trey Young, on the other hand, is a, like I said, a great passer. He creates for others. He can cut I mean he, he has a lot of great uh, separation moves where he can create his own shot all the time uh, and because of his ability to shoot from the outside it, even if he's not as quick as other guys he can still get to the hole yeah. uh, so that might be our biggest point of contention there alright Josh let's see uh, let's see what your number 7 is number 7 is Colin Sexton I almost put him number 6 because I think him and Trey Young are easily the best 2 point guards in the draft they're really neck and neck for me, but they're very different point guards. Yeah. Colin Sexton is a beast. He's just like built. He's a brick. He's a great defender, not like Trey Young. He's not a great shooter like Trey Young, mm-hmm. but he can get to the hole anytime he wants. Uh, I think that he also has a, a competitiveness about him that I really like. Um, he played, as we've said before on this podcast, he once played three on five earlier this year, and he almost single handedly won. For his team, uh, 
So he, he just never counts himself out, so I really like him at seven. Yeah, I like him at seven, too. I have the same guy, Colin Sexton. I think he's an athletic freak. Uh, one that could guard multiple positions at the next level defensively is great. Um, almost, uh, I feel like, closer to a John Wall type. Not, I don't think he's as good as John Wall, but uh, is someone that athletically fits that mold totally. of someone who can take it to the hole. I think he's a better Marcus Smart. I think that that's, that's a, actually a pretty fair comparison, too. Uh, I think he can develop a three-point shot. I don't think he's going to be... Yeah, it's not am- broken. He's never going to be an amazing three-point shooter, but I think that he could. Um, and that's, like, for me, I think that he's someone who has just that competitive drive that he will get better every year that he's in the league, I think, and, like, will develop into someone who could potentially be an all-star player yep. at the point guard position. I agree. Um, but again, that's a very difficult position, and who knows how? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think he can be elite, but I think he can be very, very good. Yep, I agree. Number eight uh, for me is Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. who you had higher, uh, and most people do have higher. You'll probably go third in the draft, actually. Yeah. I have eight because uh, I think he's solid. I think he could become a solid starter. Um, but I, I keep hearing people say he's going to be super like he has the potential to be the best player in this draft and he has superstar potential and all this. But like I've heard that so many times over the years of so many guys or it's like, well, if he just develops this, this and this and it's like that never happens. Honestly, yeah. I think that he's a great shot blocker. He's a good defender. He's versatile. He can shoot. But in terms of like his offensive game, he doesn't have much in his rep- repertoire. Uh, that's just why I have him a little lower. Okay, yeah, and uh, I mean, I already gave my opinion on Jaron Jackson. Yep. So uh, the person that you had at five is actually the person that I have at eight, just like this. Uh, oh, so you we did just with switched Jackson. Up, yeah. uh, Wendell Carter. And again, I've watched Wendell Carter a couple times, um, and every time that I do, he plays super solid. I think he's a super solid basketball player. But for me, I just don't look at him and see anything special. Like, he's good at almost everything, and I think that like leads to him being a good basketball player in the future and a good one in this draft, because I think this is a very good draft class. But I just don't see anywhere at the next level where he shines. And like I think that's fine. I think it's perfectly fine for him to be a role player on a good team and stuff like that. But if you're drafting somebody looking for any superstar potential, which I think the top seven to this point have. Like, they have an ability to reach a level that I think could be higher than anyone else in the draft. I just don't think Wendell Carter has that. I don't. I don't think that he has a star mentality or the ability to be anything better than a good role player someday. Okay. So, yeah. So, we just switched Jackson and Carter. Um, so, number nine... Uh, for me, I think he was your number six, is Miles Bridges. Uh, like we had talked about him earlier. Um, I think he's going to be better than people think he is. He's a good shot. He's built really well. He's an NBA body, uh, and he plays really hard. So I think, that, once again, I don't think he's going to be a superstar or anything, but he could be third or fourth best player on a really, really good team. Uh, a guy around the same... Uh... <laughs> Like in in the same kind of mold as that is Kevin Knox, who's my oh, number okay. nine. 
uh, right now. He's a slightly bigger, 6'9", uh, forward, freshman this year at Kentucky. I thought he was very, very solid throughout the year um, and showed flashes of being able to be someone who could be a bit of a go-to scorer on a team. Um, and I think kind of fits the mold of a 3-4 hybrid that could play in the kind NBA. Kind of like a Tobias Harris yeah. kind of player, yeah. Has potential to develop a three-point shot. Is definitely a good athlete um, that could be possibly a go-to scorer someday. He's pretty under the radar, too. Yeah. He's been rising up uh, boards lately. Apparently he's had really good pre-draft workouts and all that. Uh, but on the, always Kentucky players are always under the radar because they're always so stacked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have I also have him on my list, but not at number nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good choice. I think number ten for me is uh, Mikhail Bridges uh, from Villanova. Awesome. Yeah. And Mikhail Bridges is the safest player in this draft to me. Like I don't think he's got. I don't think there's a chance he's going to be bad. I just yeah. think that no matter what, he's going to be a good player. He has no chance of being a superstar. There's no chance of really being a star. He may be an all-star, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it's way more likely for him just to be a good role player. Who He could shoot the three, he could play defense. And so many teams need that. Like He will be valuable to any team he goes to. And right now at the 10th spot in the draft, it's Philly. The Sixers, that'd be great. He's a, he. I think he could be a better Robert Covington. I think that he has a great place in the draft, and I agree with you. I think he's one of the safer picks. Just you know what you're going to get. He plays great defense, uh, is a great shooter, can play multiple positions, guard multiple positions. Um, My biggest thing with him, he's 11 on my list. He's 10 on yours, very close. My biggest thing with him is I just don't think, I just think before that there are a bunch of guys that have upside. And I just don't see very much upside with him. He's already like 21, 22 years old. um, And really has developed a lot of like his like what he's going to be as a basketball player already and what he is as a basketball player is good and is something that a lot of NBA teams can use but I just don't think like he will be a difference maker on the level that a lot of the guys in this draft will Um, my number 10 is someone that we both have a lot lower than a lot of other people um, which is Mo Bamba I was waiting he's my number 11 so we can both talk about him right now Mo Bamba, to me, I think almost out of any other player, like has bust written I all so over agree. them. And all I hear from all the analysts is he's rising up the drafts, he's having ridiculous workouts, he's an 8-foot wingspan, he can sh- maybe shoot the 3. No. I don't see it at all. I think that he's Bismack Biombo. That's That's who he is to me. Like I think that he was alright in college. He, he was a great defender, sure. He had a lot of blocks and all that. But in terms of his offensive game, I don't see it. Uh, also, his legs are twigs. Yeah. Like, I I can just see them totally just completely crumbling under him if someone runs in. He's just a twig. He's Thon Maker. I completely agree. And I think what people are, like, so enamored with is his measurables. And they are amazing. He's seven. He's seven one, and he's got a seven ten wingspan, which is the biggest, like the largest wingspan ever, ever. But to me, the truth is, I've seen him play in college, and I just don't think 
from watching him that he was anything special. He's not aggressive. He doesn't do anything really. I would actually have him lower on my list, but I felt guilty about it. <laughs> I also I I actually had him at 15 before that, but felt like because of where the analysts had him, I had him ranked a little bit too low. But honestly, I do not ha- I don't think highly of him. Yeah. I don't, I don't I they they're talking about him developing a three-point shot. I think even if he develops a three-point shot that is serviceable, He's, he has no game to shoot a three. Yeah. Like what's, how is he going to create off the dribble? He, what, 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 do you, what do you mean? It's not going to be useful. And defensively, I think you're right. Like, he could be, like, analysts are right. He could be pretty, he, he, he's pretty special on that end. Yeah, but I, but I don't think Again, he has, so is Bismack Biombo. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any offense. And I don't see him ever being able to compete or play on a playoff basketball team. I like, agree in the closing fully. minutes. Yep. He's almost JaVale McGee. <laughs> that's a little bit that's a little bit too much. Yeah, but, you're right. You know. That's insulting. Yeah. All right. Josh, since we're running out of time here, how about you list off your eleven through sixteen? Yeah, so my eleven, as I said, was Mobamba. Who's your eleven? And my eleven was Mikhail Bridges, uh, from Villanova. Perfect. Who's your twelve? So my twelve is Kevin Knox, who we've talked about. Yes. My twelve is Elia Kobo. Oh, uh, from France! I think he has a chance to be the best point guard prospect. Wow. in this draft, I I've watched heard some that. tape. I don't him. have him on my, on my list. I was I was considering it at sixteen, but I did not put him on it. But I like it. Yeah, I think he, he'll be drafted lower than that. But I think he, based on what I've seen, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, Elio Cobo from France, I think. France, yeah. France, yeah. Uh, Thirteen. I have Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander. I think is how you say his name. SGA, yeah. yeah SGA. Uh, to me, he's very similar to uh, to uh, Mikael Bridges. He's except he's a guard, uh, but he's long. Uh, he plays. He played well at Kentucky. He showed up in big games. So I'm yeah. thirteen. I kind of like him. I think he has some Michael Carter Williams potential, but that's a little bit. Uh, we can get into that a little. That's bit later. insulting. Yeah, <laughs> it might be to him. Uh, uh, thirteen. I have Lonnie Walker. You uh, mean fourteen? Oh no, my thirteen was Lonnie Walker though. Oh, gotcha. and uh, great player out of Miami. Think that if he's healthy, he could be a huge scorer, uh, outside shooter for a team, three and D guy. Um, but again, he's got some injury history, so I could see why people would have him lower. Cool. Um, so fourteen for me was Zaire Smith, who's just a leaper, super athletic, really raw. Yeah. Shot forty five percent from three, but I only shot forty threes, which doesn't make sense to me because if you're making. 45% of your shots, why wouldn't you shoot it more? But, you know, he's a freshman. He averaged 11 a game last year. Freak athlete. So, who knows? He could be he could be something. Yeah, Zaire Smith, I, I agree, 14. I think out of this draft class, probably most likely to win a dunk contest. Uh, if yeah, you look I agree. His highlights, he's, he, looks pretty, he looks pretty amazing when yep. he does that. I think he's got some Donovan Mitchell potential. Um, probably not as good of a score. I think that's too high, but uh, like if I was going to have to pick somebody that was like a Donovan Mitchell for this draft, it would be Zaire Smith. Okay. Um, 15, I have Lonnie Walker, as you talked about earlier. My concerns about him is he has had like multiple knee injuries over the years. I would actually have him in top 10 if he didn't have injuries because I think he's like talent, super talented. Um, but yeah, he's my 15. Uh, 15, I have Troy Brown from Oregon. I think that he does a lot of things that uh, NBA teams want right now. He's a pretty big guy. 
uh, around six seven, uh, who can play like almost one through four, uh, position wise, defend a lot of positions, good passer, good shooter. Cool. Uh, someone that I think could develop well. And then the last for me was Aaron Holiday from UCLA, Drew and Justin Holiday's brother. I put him at 16 above others like Troy Brown because I think that, I mean, he averaged 21 a game. Um, he, he is older, uh, but he's a great defender. He's, he's really athletic. I think that if you get any shadow of Drew Holiday, if you get any shadow of that, 16 in the first round, that's a great choice. So yeah. that's why I had him at 16. And then 16, I had Trey Young, which we already talked about. So Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to Occasionally Important. We are so glad to be back. We can't wait to be um, giving you episodes every every week again during uh, this summer. And thanks for sticking around and continuing to tune in. Yes, thank you for uh, following us. Uh, make sure that if you aren't, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Occasionally Important. And to click subscribe on the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Absolutely. One more thing, it should already be up, but we uh, we know we never posted part two of our Avengers podcast, so that should already be up by the time this is up. If it's not, it will be up very soon. So hold on tight to that if you're still interested in listening to that. Have a fantastic week, uh, and we will see you again soon. Bye.